following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Hello, everyone, especially our Word of Life family. It's exciting to get to come to you today and spend a few moments with you, sharing the Word and worshiping together. Uh, we're excited to be here. We are, and I have to tell you guys, I don't know how all of your social distancing is working out, but I'm praying for you. I'm praying for every single person out there that this has been a time of reflection, that you're having an opportunity to spend time with your loved ones, maybe spend more time with the Lord, be in His presence, and just enjoy and really uh, affirm y- your relationships. I love every bit of that. It's been very good for us, actually. Absolutely. We've been praying for you and praying blessings on you. We just came through Passover, and we had a glorious celebration last week. I hope you had great times with your family. We've heard many testimonies, our own testimony. Our family really felt the presence oh of God Oh, my together. gosh. It was glorious. Right here in this room, in this space, the presence of God was so tangible. I mean, our grandchildren were so blessed. And, I mean, just really having our son share the word and the anointing that was here. And then our daughter-in-laws led us in worship. And then we had a beautiful meal together. It was fantastic. I saw a cartoon this week that says, The enemy planned to close all the churches, and God planned to open one in every home. I I love that. Well, that's been that's been my heart and my vision for years that the table is really where we gather. I mean, because that's one of the very first things as women went into the workforce that the enemy negated is the family dinner table yes. and gathering around at the end of the day and discussing what what's been happening in your life and having that fellowship. So I believe God has restored that fellowship. So in some of the most difficult times, we're seeing absolute Beautiful things happening from the Lord. Now we're tracking now from Passover to Pentecost. And so here's what's interesting about Pentecost. Pentecost is never dated. So you never have a date of Pentecost. It's fluid. It fluctuates. It flows because it's tied to Passover. Yes. And so whenever Passover happens, 50 days later is when Pentecost happens. So quickly, this is when they went through the wilderness and wound up at Sinai. God comes down, meets with Moses on the mountain. New Testament. 50 days after Jesus was raised from the dead, they're in the upper room. Holy Spirit comes and empowers the disciples and the church is born. So these are very significant spiritual days, these 50 days. Actually, it says Jesus revealed himself more than 40 times to his disciples as the risen Savior during these days. And the whole concept of Pentecost is freedom. And so it's basically Israel coming out of Egypt, God teaching them to no longer live as slaves. It's us as Believers in Christ no longer being bound to our past, but being able to move in the freedom that Christ has paid for us to have. And so we want to discuss some of that today. But first, we want to do two things. We want to do our giving declaration together because we are believing God for freedom financially for all of us that are following the Lord these days. And then we're going to go into a few moments of worship. We've got some great worship today. And then Bev and I are going to come back. We're excited about this word. We've been kind of sharing our notes this morning. We kind of we're well, tracking what's so amazing separately. is we didn't even discuss it. And I mean, Kent came in and normally, you know, okay, so look, here, 
no pressure. He'll walk in in the morning and say, what's the Lord saying to you? I have barely opened my eyes. I mean, he's already been up, had his prayer time, worshiping. I mean, I'm talking it's five o'clock in the morning. He wants to know what the Lord's saying to me. So this morning, I think I surprised him. I was like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what the Lord shared with me. So we it really had exactly a, it. It was exactly what, what yes. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just hoping that I can um, bring it uh, to fruition and share it exactly the same way because it was really it was actually quite empowering if, empowering if you want to know the truth. Because normally I just go blank. I'm like, okay, what's the Lord saying to you? And I flip it and I'm kind of like, oh yeah, let me confirm that for you. So, so you had it going on it this morning. Perfect. It really was. So let's do our giving declaration. Then we'll go right into worship and we'll come right back. We won't be a long time today. We just really feel it's important to get this word to you. But we also want to enter the presence of the Lord through worship. So let's put the giving declaration up there on the screen for you on your phone and let's say this together out loud and then we'll go into worship. Today we are moving forward toward the glorious celebration of Pentecost. God not only has delivered us and redeemed us, but he has also given us abundant provision. It is a time to believe and confess for a supernatural provision the Lord who has great power also has great resources. Therefore, we declare and decree that we have more than enough entering into this new season as God's glory is revealed. Stand at the door, 
my King, come exactly as you are. Just come. I love when you speak to me face to face. I love how you make this a holy place. I love your presence. Oh, Lord, if you're not with me, if you're not with me, oh, if you're not with me, could I go? Where else could I be, Lord? You have the words that give me life. I need you. I just want to know you and know your ways. I want you to know me and call my name. Oh, to behold you and be one with you in your presence. If you're not with me, if you're not with me, Your goodness over us, your goodness. 
Crossing over, walking through. I'm Shantae Walker from Montgomery, Alabama, but I live here in Jacksonville now. Life for me growing up was very tough. So I was born into a biracial family. My mother, white, Diane, uh, father, black. Um, my mother's family was very prejudiced. Actually never met my grandfather before he passed away. My father's side was also prejudiced, a lot of drugs. Grandmother died when I was two. So we grew up having no grandparents. Um, I say life was tough because we had a addict father who was abused all of his life and just really made, you know, home hard. Um, he sold drugs and also used drugs. I can remember my dad rolling the blunt the size of a broomstick in front of us as kids and me thinking as a child, that's exactly what I did not want to do as an adult. Uh, I didn't really know who I was growing up had like no identity because I felt like I never fit in anywhere. I wasn't white, so couldn't fit in with white people. Wasn't black, so wasn't really accepted in that community. Um, so just kind of wandered through life feeling like a misfit. I can remember being stereotyped uh, as a child. I remember being in maybe third or fourth grade and they called my name over the intercom and I thought, oh, you know, I was getting rewarded for something because they told me to come to the cafeteria. So with excitement, you know, I ran down there and they set me in the front row and in walked these women in white uniforms. And I was very confused by why I was even there. And they were, you know, just really loud, all up in my face and all up in everyone's face. And they were from Tuckwiler Prison. And I can remember one of the inmates saying, yeah, I'm gonna see you there. And I can remember as a young, confused child with no identity thinking, why? What did I do to deserve to go there? I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be in trouble, you know. And I can remember um, praying, and I was like, God, you know, if you're real, just come to me. I invited God in my heart, and I didn't really understand what that meant. I just knew that I had no other hope. So there was no peace. There was no comfort anywhere else. As I matured and grew, God matured with me. And when I started hearing his voice, he told me what the sun sets free 
is free indeed. And I knew very young that the drug life and um, just the life of sin is not what I wanted because I saw my dad struggle. Inside of my dad, I saw a hurt man that had a lot of love to give, but he was trapped. And I also saw the hurt of my mother, the hurt from being shunned from her parents, being rejected from because of loving someone from a different race. I realized very young that I didn't want to continue. I wanted to be free to love who I wanted to. I wanted to be free to be free from drugs so I could be free to be whatever I wanted to be in life, whatever God had me to be. But it wasn't until I had my children, which I had very young, my oldest son, Brian, I had at 18. And I can remember thinking that I would not go down or would not ever allow him to go down or experience the same toxic cycle or lost identity that I experienced because it wasn't fair and, and I could make a choice and I could do something better. I didn't understand for so many years why there was so much pain and why I had to walk the walk I did and be rejected and be born into a biracial family. At the time, I thought it was like punishment for something my parents did and why I had to pay the cost for it. So I went from just pretty much walking in a toxic cycle. That's how I felt. With no identity, I didn't know who I was. When I got saved and realized whose I was, then I realized I had a purpose, I had a vision, I had a dream. And I found all of that, not easily. It took years, but I felt like if I was gonna be all in, not knowing, I wanted to at least be all in trying to figure out and know him. So I just wanna encourage any woman, any man, any child, any old woman, old man, anyone that's broken, anyone that feels rejected, alone, unqualified, overweight, underweight, embrace it. It's okay, that's how God made you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made perfect with every freckle, every curve, every dent. You don't have to please people. I just encourage you to seek Him. Dive into God's Word and ask Him to become real to you. Talk to Him. If you don't like to pray, just talk. If you like to sing, sing, rap, call out to Him. And I promise you, He'll come to you and He'll radically show you who you are. And you'll be a world changer just like me. I'm Shantae Walker, and this is my testimony. When Bev and I first started Word Alive, we, we really were given the concept of freedom. That was God's message to us, to establish a place well, that's what the of whole, freedom. The whole work is built on is freedom in Christ, liberty. Galatians 5 and 1 says it very powerful. It is for freedom that Christ has made us free. Stand firm then and do not be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Now we came up with an acronym and it's changed several times as we get deeper revelations, but it kind of landed in this place, the freedom acronym, finding your identity, realigning with God's kingdom culture, exploring your gifts and talents, engaging in spiritual community, discovering the gifts of the Holy Spirit, opening our hearts to the poor and making Jesus famous. So if you've been around Word Alive it much, for much time and all, you've probably heard this concept of freedom, maybe even heard this acronym. But isn't it interesting that Paul the Apostle said in Galatians 5, he had to remind the Galatians, yes. stand firm in this liberty that Christ has, has died for us to have this freedom. Be free, stand firm in this freedom. And so I want to spend a little bit of time over the next few weeks during this movement from Passover to Pentecost reestablishing our connection with freedom because I think we can all be honest the enemy's always trying to pull us out of absolutely it. and redefine us absolutely yes. bring us back into this place of uh, stopping us or bringing us into a place of bondage or bringing us back out of this place of liberty and so today we want to focus on one point and that is the F in freedom 
finding your identity. And this is what Bev and I got very excited about because we believe that this is the, the bedrock of, of your freedom in Christ is when you of live. your salvation of who you are of who you're designed to be wh why you're here what your purpose is everything is tied in this one revelation and so the, we felt Holy Spirit really gave us a download this morning so I'm gonna let Bev kind of start with what what she had from the Lord then I'll tie it back in with just really a fresh revelation for me this morning from the book of James well what's so exciting is you know, our identity is not uh, who we are DNA wise it's not our genetic download from our parents it's not who we are in the workforce. It's not what we wear. It's it's not even who we communicate with. It is literally who God designed us to be. And anybody who knows me very well knows I'm a garden girl. I mean, in my heart, everything is about redeeming and recovering the earth that God gave us to be stewards of. We are literally stewards of creation. That's who we are. That's our identity. God designed us for that very specific purpose. We have one DNA and that is that we are children of the Most High God and that when Jesus Christ came on the earth and shed his blood for us, we were redeemed and repurposed, if you will, because it wasn't as though we were given something that we didn't have. We already had in our spiritual DNA from the very sing the single moment that Adam breathed his very first breath and Eve was given to be his helpmate. That's who we are. That's our identity. So what Jesus did on the cross was take us back to God's original intention and design for who we are. We are to steward creativity. We are to create. We are literally designed to make things happen. And um, I love this little teaching in John, but I want to get to that in a minute. I don't want to. I don't want to do great. Well, it, but it's really what God has shown me about us. We identify with so many things outside of God's original intention for who we are. We're supposed to live in great hope. And I read a great teaching yesterday um, that just radically impacts how I think about everything because it's about hope. And this hope that we have, this great hope that we have tied ourselves to, the anchor of our hope, Jesus Christ, it's not something that we're hoping for that is going to come forth, that it's a material need or even an answered prayer. It is a current that connects us, the river of hope, mm -hmm. just like you taught on last week. It connects us to our heavenly father in a way that nothing should ever move us out of our position. You see, this is what happens when things come, trials come. This COVID nineteen, every COVID nineteen, yes, COVID nineteen. I we we I try to not say it too much because I don't want to empower it. But everything that is can be shaken is being shaken. Every normal that we have, but our identity cannot be shaken. We have a spiritual download that is going to carry us on that river of hope that literally has been given to us as a gift mm. from our heavenly Father. And so, don't let the enemy negate your hope because it's not something that we're just hoping for in a singular event that all of a sudden things are going to change. This is a current that abides deep within you that you can stand on. You can resist the enemy and he will flee. So this is so important and this is very powerful, Bev, because our Western theology it doesn't really teach this. No, it negates it, that it actually. Negates because we look to we look at Jesus as a savior. And yes, thank God he is a savior. But actually what Jesus came to do was not just save us 
from something, but save us for something. The original intent of Jesus in his coming was not to change us into somebody that we're not, but it was to, to remind awaken us, awaken us of who we are. We actually exactly. Are. That's exactly We've always been came. sons of God. We've always been daughters of God. But the enemy came in the garden and stole that identity, and nothing's changed. He's always trying to steal our identity of who we are. John 10, 10, for the in Jesus came that you might have life, have it more abundantly, but the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He tries to steal your identity so he can kill your purpose and destroy your destiny because he makes us try to believe that our identity is tied to our behavior. Because all of us, we have to agree, even though, as Bev said so powerfully, it is in our DNA as children of God. But we don't always act like children of God. Our behaviors don't always determine, don't always uh, cause us to believe that. But the truth is, our behavior does not determine our identity. Our identity determines our behavior. And so once we're secure in who we are, then our behaviors begin to change out of that. And I had an explosive revelation this morning when, as Bev shared what she just shared. Well, with, can, with I, can I make a point? Can, I know because you'll hold on to that. But can I make a, just a quick point about that? We're not the sum parts of our mistakes. I mean, of course, all of our choices do shape us, but we overcome by the blood of the lamb and we love our lives not into death. And I want to make a point about that, about stolen identity, especially for women as you're watching this. In the Garden of Eden, you know, women have really gotten a bad rap all the way back to Mother Eve. Honestly, I mean, here's the thing. She's walking around the garden. She's living her life and she runs into the serpent in the garden and he, he deceives her. Now, see, this is what's very important about that. Eve was deceived. Adam disobeyed God. Well, that's powerful. Because that is where her identity was stolen in that moment. And you hear a lot about how women have failed because of that one choice, but she was literally deceived by the words that were spoken to her that she could have something that she didn't even know that she wanted or ever thought about. But once it was brought to her attention, it was like, well, oh, so I can have that and I won't die. But then Adam actively knowing who he was, knowing God, he knew God a long time mm -hmm. before Eve did. Adam disobeyed God in the garden. And that's really where our entire spiritual identity got hijacked. Well, think about this. As you're saying that, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a better understanding. So Eve lost her identity through deception. Yes. Adam lost his identity through disobedience. Oh, but not only Adam's identity, mankind's identity. And that was why we had to have Jesus come and take us back to God's, the, the second coming, the yes. second Adam. And knocked off shame, exactly. knocked off guilt, and showed us you've always been loved. Oh. You are loved now, and you can step back into your original identity. It's so powerful. Jesus was even tempted the same way. In Matthew. Exactly the same way. The same serpent tempted him. In Matthew he, 3. He knew who he was. He's exactly. baptized. Heavens are open. Yes. Holy Spirit comes, and a voice says, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, hang on a minute. This is dramatic. Yes, it is. So, heavens open. Spirit descends, a audible voice is heard. Yeah, and it's heard throughout. This is my beloved son yes. in whom I'm well pleased. It says immediately Jesus was sent or by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness and was tempted by the devil who said, if you are a son of God, then do this. Cause the bread rock to become bread. If you are a son of God, cause this to happen. And 
tempted Jesus to buy into my behavior determines my identity instead of my identity determining my behavior. How did he respond? It is written. But Jesus look believed at the question. what God said. Look at the question. It is inherent in the question. There is a very specific reason that we know of this experience because he said, if you are a son of God, if you are the son of God, if you are. And so he was trying to make Jesus doubt. Jesus had no doubt. I am the son of God and I'm here and I am going to take you down. And that's exactly what happened. That was tempted and oh, tested yes. on every side every just like side. we are. Paul the apostle, I've always seen this so powerfully. He was a murderer. He was killing Christians, has an encounter with God. God reveals his identity. He comes into that illumination, begins to walk, begins to preach Christ immediately. He winds up on the island of Malta and it says he was a shipwreck there. He was a prisoner. All of a sudden, they're around a fire. A snake comes out, grabs yeah. Paul's hand, bites him. The people of Malta say, you must be a, you must be a murderer, which was his old identity. Yet it says Paul the Apostle shook off the beast, yes. did not die, and they said, oh my goodness, you, you must, must be, be a God. God. And so we see that's a spiritual picture. The enemy tries to come up through circumstances, through disappointments, and tries to make us believe who we actually were or thought we were instead of who God has originally designed us to be. And so this morning when Bev shared this so powerfully with me, I reread, I reread a scripture that I had read long ago in James chapter 1. I think it's verse 23 that talks about live, uh, looking into a mirror. Yes. Uh, and uh, Bev was saying some of this this morning. Here's what it says, James 1, 22 through 25. But, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Isn't that interesting? Deceiving yourselves. Exactly. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man observing his face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man yes. he is. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer and a doer of the word, he will be blessed <clears throat> Excuse me, in everything he does. So we're looking in a mirror, the word of God, which is designed not to show us who to become. It's designed to show us actually who we already, who we are. already are. And it says if we forget that, we go back to old, old behaviors and old lifestyle. But I reread the whole chapter. I challenge you, reread James 1. It goes all the way back to the beginning. It talks first, don't be discouraged in trials because trials aren't to defeat you. They're just to reveal who you actually are. Mm -hmm. Number two, don't be double-minded. If you need wisdom, ask from God who gives it liberally. Number three, uh, don't be deceived. Temptation doesn't come from God. It just comes from our own lust that lead us astray. Don't let your own lust lead you astray and take you away from who you're created to be. And then, boom, this blew my mind. It says, because, I've never seen this before, James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation and no shadow of turning. I had always seen that as things coming from heaven that God doesn't change his mind about. And it blew my mind. Let me give you one more scripture. The very next verse says, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that, what, that we might be a kind of first fruits among the creatures. Oh my goodness, what's he saying? Every good and perfect gift comes from above the Father of lights. What are the gifts? It's you. Exactly it's me. Right. It's Bev. We are the gifts of God. He's the Father of lights who has been, we've been sent to earth 
to be a first fruits of creation and he doesn't change his mind about us. There's no variedness or changing and turning. What he said about us is true and he desires for us to walk in it and live in it in a powerful way. And you mentioned in the book of John that it says the word was manifested. Exactly. Well, let me see. It's quite a bit. Let me see if I can get it in here. In the beginning was the Word. Before history was ever recorded, the Word was. Mankind pre-existed in the logic of God. He understands that the Word was both the eternal source and destiny of all things and that nothing could ever reduce or confine the Word to an isolated experience. Neither could the Word be trapped in human doctrine or tradition. Mm. No inferior translation or interpretation could compromise God's original intent. The authentic integrity of God's thought would forever be preserved and celebrated in the incarnation. Human life would be the uninterrupted future of the world. This is mind-boggling. What? (laughs) And the logos, the word, became flesh. This is so powerful. This is not just Jesus. Jesus has come to show us what is actually happening in our own lives. You are a word from God. God created you with a word. He spoke your spirit into existence and then gave you a body in the earth so that you would have a full expression of who He has created you to be. That's why we all have an individual purpose and destiny. Psalm 139 says, Why are you in your mother's womb? God already knew you and formed you and fashioned you. James, um, uh, Jeremiah 1 Uh, It says so powerfully about Jeremiah, while you were still in your mother's womb, I spoke of who you were going to be. This is a mind-boggling revelation. You are a word from God, and according to Isaiah 55, you will not return void. You will fulfill every part of your purpose and destiny. No matter what the enemy throws at you, no matter what circumstances that you walk through, they're all designed just so you can fulfill your purpose and destiny. And do not be deceived because your identity is secure in Christ Jesus. It is for freedom that he has set you free and you are to walk in freedom everywhere you go. Demonstrate it, share it, preach it, tell others about what Christ has done in your life. And if you haven't met him yet, now's your opportunity right now. This is the time, this is the place. Lord Jesus, you are my savior. Lord Jesus, you Mm. came to tell me who I am. Lord Jesus, you are the first prototype of the first fruits and I am following hot on your heels. I receive that blessing. I realize I am a gift from God and from this day forward I will proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Wow, that is so powerful. I really feel people being touched right now by the Holy Spirit. As Jesus is in the world, so are we. So this is time for us to, the whole earth I believe is groaning some of this uh, uh, situation we're in, the whole earth's groaning, waiting for the manifestation yes, of the sons, sons of and daughters. God. Sons and daughters. Sons and daughters of God. Yes. So in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul the Apostle goes through all that who were, were blessed in spiritual places, were chosen, were called, were ordained, were redeemed, all these blessings, but he finishes it with one prayer, and this is where Bev and I want to land today. We could keep going forever oh on this. Oh so- And look, I don't, I don't know, y'all. I hope you didn't have to turn your volume down. The louder Kent gets, the louder I get. So just bear with us. There is just such a presence of God in sharing this, and there is a reason that we are all in our homes experiencing these teachings and these revelations because we needed that time to really hear from the Lord. I mean, I don't know about everybody else, and I know you're landing, but here's the 
thing. A lot of times there are great words preached, and I've said this before, and I mean it. There are sermons and teachings that Kent brings that I could literally listen to over and over again. So the great thing about this is this is personal. This is for you. These words have been designed by Holy Spirit to empower you and to impact your life as we are in our homes listening and hearing the voice of God. So be encouraged in that and be empowered by that because God is with you. Amen. Paul landed right here in Ephesians with this prayer and this is what Bev and I are believing for you. He tells us who we are in Christ. But then here's what he says. He says, I pray that the, this is Ephesians 1 and 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that your eyes would be illuminated and your understanding would be enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of your calling. Bev and I just want to join our faith with you today and just simply say that prayer over you, that your eyes would be opened, that your understanding would be lightened, enlightened, that you might know exactly who you are. You are not your behavior. You are not your past. You are not even your future. You are right here in the present, a child of God. Let that revelation knowledge fill your spirit today. Let your spirit connect with Holy Spirit that you begin to walk in this identity and this purpose in the kingdom of God. We break all bewitching spirits that would try to bring you back into a yoke of bondage, that would try to get you out of walking in your identity and your purpose. And we say today is a new beginning with a fresh revelation of identity. The enemy will steal and kill and destroy no more, but you will walk in the life of Jesus Christ. We bless you in your identity. Walk in it and be empowered with it in the name of Jesus. Let hope arise. There was that word again. Hope. It's a gift from God and it's yours. We sure have enjoyed this today. Thank you for being a part of the day. We love you guys very much, and we'll see you next week, hopefully, uh, right here online. We're praying for you. Be blessed. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.